Kopitiam Conversations. This is Kopitiam Conversations, and I'm your host, Winston. In this episode, I will be talking to a leader of an international Christian humanitarian organization dedicated to working with children and families to overcome extreme poverty and injustice. The organization that she is leading has impacted the lives of over 200 million vulnerable children by tackling the root causes of poverty through its various development, humanitarian and emergency relief programs. The organization is World Vision. And this person is none other than Terry Leong, the current acting CEO of World Vision. Prior to this appointment, she served as the senior director overseeing World Vision Malaysia's local projects and was also a former corporate legal advisor. Let's hear from her now. So good afternoon, uh, Terry. So good to have you here at Kopitam Conversations. And I look forward to uh, seeing what you have in store because I'm pretty excited to see what you will bring to the World Vision table now that you are the CEO. Um, now, you are a lawyer by profession. How did you come to be a part of World Vision? Good afternoon, Winston. Good to see you. It's been a while, right? It's been a while, yeah. Since I last saw you, yes, yep. yes. Um, yeah, so my my journey with World Vision was kind of, in some ways, accidental, but, uh, you know, but in some ways, you know, maybe got sent. Um, many years ago, this is going back like to 2009, 2008, um, my husband and I had just read a book. We picked up a book at a bookshop called Best Times in Worst Times. Something it's by Graham Irvin, and it was a book about World Vision. So, mm. you know, we thought, oh, this is an interesting organization and it interested us. And, uh, you know, that kind of sparked something. But in 2009, after my mother-in-law passed away and I was the prim- her primary caregiver and my sons, both my sons had gone overseas uh, to the U.S. to study. Um, coincidentally, a friend who was working with World Vision said, oh, World Vision International was starting up a shared service center. We're looking for somebody with legal, organizational background. Mm-hmm. Would you come in to help get it started? And right. that's, and I thought, yep. I think I was going through an existential crisis to try to figure out with work and business, like what's it all leading to, right? You know, how mm-hmm. can we find mm-hmm. meaning in life? And I thought, well, if I get a little bit, if I work with World Vision, I might get some proximity to the work, this whole yeah. humanitarian mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, nice. space. And um, yeah, so that's how it started. <laughs> all right. So how has your role changed from, uh, I think not too long ago, you were the CEO of World Vision Malaysia Foundation which of course tackled a lot more of the localized programs such as the Eat Right to Play Right program. And we will discuss about the Eat Right to Play Right program later. And of course, the local area development program such as Tulit and Tatalaan, okay? To the role of where you're at now, right? Acting CEO, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, for the whole of Malaysia, while, uh, which of course takes on a more global perspective. So yeah. uh, how has your role changed? Well, so my journey with World Vision started in 2009. So I was with World Vision International. So this is not my first stint with World mm. Vision. So I was with the global organization. Um, we had a shared service center here. I was with them for four years. And after I left World Vision, um, mm-hmm. um, I continued a, an engagement with them. So they would engage me for on contract of whenever they needed some, you know, some of some expertise or some something from me. Uh, and then I also did um so that, that kind of carried on in those years, in the intervening years. And in 2015 was when I started my role as CEO of the foundation. At that mm-hmm. point in time, World Vision Malaysia had a foundation in which umbrella was the umbrella for all of their local projects. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was also at a time, World Vision Malaysia, I mean, just for the sake of the audience, uh, World Vision Malaysia is primarily a fundraising company. Mm-hmm. So that's our main business is fundraising. And we raise funds uh, primarily for 14 countries, you know, outside of Malaysia. Right. But we also had questions asked of us. It's like, you know, you raise funds for other people. What about your own country? You know, you do what yeah, for other people, what come, yes. country. Yes, it always comes. <laughs> yeah. And so work started with World Vision then. And yeah. um, at that point, it was parked under the foundation. And the board at that point asked if I could come in and provide some leadership mm-hmm. and kind of get, you know, get that kind of uh, kicked off. Uh, the work had already started, but kind of kicked off formally under the foundation. And mm-hmm. that's how it got started. There, um, the foundation has since uh, we've since uh, collapsed both the foundation together with World Vision Malaysia, mm-hmm. so the foundation no longer exists, but the work continues. Right. Um, and um, so it was kind of almost a natural progression for me to get involved with senior management with World Vision. Mm-hmm. And when the previous CEO left, um, um, he had approached me to uh, take over and uh, manage the organization. So it's not something I'm un- totally unfamiliar with, but right. obviously from just a local perspective uh, of 40 staff, 30 old staff, now we have 100 staff I have to kind of oversee right. and a lot more departments. The foundation, I mean, we were primarily uh, a programmatic organization. So we just executed programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have to worry too much about where the funds is coming from. Uh, but now overseeing World Vision Malaysia, uh, a lot of the responsibility is making sure we right. have money coming in mm-hmm. <laughs> for everything that we're committed to. So I think that's probably one of the largest, you know, and the biggest change for me, just right. kind of that, yeah, that perspective. So you have to look at the more uh, fundraising role more than the programming role so to speak right yeah well actually both but but yeah so you know the the responsibility on my shoulder is just a little heavier (laughs) now okay and just maybe a little bit more about the um, local ADPs the area development programs like uh, Tulit and Tatala'an and what stage are they at now if I may ask yep so World Vision Malaysia when we started the the um, our local programming, we mm. decided to start in Sabah because we did a map of where the most vulnerable people were mm-hmm. in Malaysia. And right. Sabah is actually the poorest day. I think Sabah and Kelantan might be the two mm. poorest days. Yep. So we picked Sabah. Uh, also primarily because we had partners there that we could, you know, do some work with. Right. Uh, Tulit is in the, you know, kind of the area of Keningau, in the constituency of Keningau. And then later mm. we went to Tatalaan. We currently have... Uh, about like about a thousand, slightly over a thousand uh, people in our program. Mm-hmm. We are called community development program, smaller right. than the ones that um, have sponsored children in the other countries. Right, right. Mm. And then in Tatalaan, we have about like four four hundred uh, constituents or you know of our of our community uh, members. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started Tulip in twenty fourteen implementing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, done our evaluation in twenty twenty. And now we are going into our next phase. Uh, COVID changed things for us a little bit. Uh, you know, Tatalan we started in 2018 and then shortly after COVID. Mm-hmm. So we've had to uh, really think about what we're doing and uh, try to focus and streamline what we're doing. We can't do as much now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we want to go a little bit deeper uh, in the work that we do. So we mostly concentrate on nutrition, All right. education, um, child protection and mm-hmm. livelihood. So these are the kind of main areas and, and water and sanitation. These are the main areas that uh, we focus uh, right. on. 
it's both going it's both going very well in Tulit. Um, you, or you you might be familiar. We used to have children's <laughs> clubs, you know, yep. uh, that World Vision ran. Mm-hmm. And our goal with World Vision has always been that we are not the superheroes flying in and doing all the work. Our goal yep. has always been to engage the community mm-hmm. and then to empower them and for them to take over where possible. So we stay mm-hmm. in in a, in a place for ten to fifteen years. Yep. So we're really pleased to report that in Tulip we have a couple of mothers now that have taken over one of the children's clubs and. Um, and she's doing really well. Right. Uh, that for us is the big pat on the back. Not that, not when we're doing it, but when the community feels confident, excellent, uh, yep. to take over mm. and and still know that we're there to support them. Yeah, uh, and that's been wonderful. So basically, <laughs> you go by this principle of yep. You go by this principle of um, uh, not only giving them a fish, but teaching them how to fish. Right, being able to continue yes. the work even after long after yes. uh, World Vision has came and gone. Right. Oh, yes, yes. Because mm. one of the things that we do is um, one of our pillars of World mm. Vision is community development. And as I say, we, we develop by learning and listening to the community, finding out what they want, mm. engaging them in that process. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, mm. if you like to do this, what can we do together? Right. And if you think about it, Winston, it's rather unusual because we are engaging not... Um, because we're used to engaging professionals, people who are skilled mm. in some areas. But here mm. we're engaging farmers, you know, yep. uh, day workers, day wage mm. workers, house homemakers, mm. who maybe they don't have a very high education. But we might be the first people to tell them, actually, you know, you are more able than you think. Mm. You can decide what's good for your children. You can decide right. what's good for your family. Mm. And I find that empowerment, you know, so stimulating, you know, and oh, so yes, inspiring. Yes. Yep. Yeah, because mm. I think everybody wants to feel like they can do something, right? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Very, very powerful um, um, way of working that you have here. <laughs> it's, it's, um, yeah. it's always good to empower, you know, the the local, um, I don't know, I won't call it local employment, but local uh, energy that you have. There are the people there yes. with their skills and, and telling them, hey, look, you can actually do a lot more than... Um, then what you think you can and we are also here to help you and we are also here to maybe yes. give you the tools or give you um, whatever um, help that you may need to get it going, right? Yeah. Mm. You know, uh, let me tell you this other story that just happened. This is during the floods, the recent floods in Sabah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of our uh, towns or communities in um, in Tatala'an was flooded and and uh, there was no or very uh, bad road access in, you know. In fact, mm. up to today, the children mm. are going to school by sampan. Can you beat that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, and, and there was no way in. And World Vision collaborated with a, a bunch of people, local people. We we had 20 land rollers going in to deliver mm. food wow. aid. Now, that was just, um, I mean, it was a lot of hard work for our staff as well and for the people that were involved. But that kind of collaboration, I think, is what we represent and mm. what we like to continue to do where we're doing things together and doing things yeah together for the good of somebody else that was was so exciting just to see the yeah one of the one of the Land Rovers actually the ballet you know and then they had to you know turn it up and uh, and it was it was, uh, it was uh, I mean it, it was nice for us to watch but you know it was hard work for them yeah I can imagine yeah <laughs> but still you get your drama as well and then you know yes, um, seeing yes. the victories from there I think that's also very rewarding as well right absolutely you know, absolutely turning so the car over our staff. 
Yep, mm. continue going. Wow. Yeah. Now on the ground in um, Tulit and Tatalaan, how many staff do you have there? We have about twenty staff there. Hmm. Yeah. Twenty um, staff that caters yeah, to both or or both. Yes, to both. Mm. Yes. Uh. Oh, maybe seventeen now. Yeah. They are in Suk. They have a. We have a. We rented a, a house in a mm. place called Suk, which is near. Uh, not near lah, but relatively in between the two places. We are closer to Tulit than we are to Tatala. And Tatala is a four-hour drive through mm. Mudley Roads inside. So it's quite mm. tough. Um, so we have a house there and uh, some of our non-married staff will stay in the house and then mm. the married ones, they stay in the town of Sook close by. All right. Okay. Mm. Wow. This is excellent stuff. I mean, to actually hear the progress of Tulit and Tatala unlike... Um, I don't know. Uh, four years later, I think it's amazing, right? What uh, World Vision has done there. Okay. Oh yeah, that's oh okay, that's right. You you yeah. Yeah, you were with us for a while too. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. Oh yep. <laughs> yeah. For our listeners, yeah, I used to work in World Vision for a short while. All right. Okay. Um. Now I think this one we may need to address because um a lot of people know World Vision for the thirty hour famine. So, mm. for our listeners who may be unaware of the work of World Vision other than the 30-hour famine, okay, which, of course, naturally gained a lot of traction amongst uh, college and university students and definitely a lot of media attention as well. Uh, could you tell us about the work of World Vision? Like maybe okay. the three pillars that you were mentioning about just now. Sure, sure. So, World Vision is an international organisation. So, um, and... Um, Malaysia uh, is one of its affiliates and we have our own board, okay? Um, so we are in about 100 countries now. Globally, we are 70 years. In Malaysia, we're 25 years, as you mm. can see from the here, from, yeah. from my screen. Yeah, um, so we've been in 70 years. So we're in about 100 countries, as I say. We do three things. All over the world, we do three mm. things. We do community development. Um, and that is where uh, we go into communities in different parts of the world, especially in developing countries, mm -hmm. uh, and we grow communities. Mm -hmm. So it's not about uh, just putting in money in projects, but we're actually looking at growing community because we find that that's the most sustainable form mm -hmm. of growth. And like I said, we work with the community. We decide, you know, together what the community needs and we do that. And the way we fund that is through child sponsorship. So many people mm -hmm. and many of your audience have probably heard of child sponsorship or seen the ads and stuff like that. Right. So we do it through child sponsorship. So you you can you can uh, sponsor a child and the money actually goes. So, so for example, if you sponsor a child in uh, Myanmar, the money goes into the child's community in Myanmar, mm -hmm. not to the child himself, but mm -hmm. to the community. And we find that if we build a community, you provide you provide livelihood, you provide, you know, water, uh, then the child has the best chance of thriving and doing well. Mm. Um, so that's the model uh, that started, uh, you know, 70 years ago when our founder, Bob Pierce, went to Korea mm. and he saw a little girl, you know, all these orphans and he gave $5 and he pledged that he would find other people back when he went back to the U.S. to pledge that. And that's kind of the start of the child sponsorship model. Right. And we found that that uh, model has really sustained uh, many communities around the world. So that's one thing we do. Second thing we do is um, emergency relief. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and the latest uh, is that we're in Ukraine. So when Ukraine, the war started, we responded immediately together with partners. One mm -hmm. of our uh, important uh, um, kind of strategy is that we always partner instead of doing things on our own. Mm. So already in the last couple of months, we have uh, 
helped 130,000 you know, families in Ukraine and we have set up four centres in different refugee places as well as start, started kind of like children, um, you know, children centres, you know, where children can be safe and they can be educated. Uh, so that's relief and we respond in different parts of the world. Um, and the last thing, of course, is advocacy. Advocacy right. is where we speak for those who cannot speak up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the 30 hour famine that you mentioned, Winston, right. that's mm-hmm. one of our biggest advocacy campaign here in Malaysia, mm-hmm. where we speak of um, uh, poverty and hunger and we educate, uh, you know, our Malaysians on, on that. All right. And more recently, also were involved in a, what the day of the what, 500 girls, was it 1,000 girls? 1,000 girls, yes. 1,000 1, girls, girls was our campaign. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 1,000 girls was our campaign, our child sponsorship campaign. Right. So if you want to really impact a girl's life, it's going to come up again, I think. Uh, if you want to impact a girl's life, right. uh, yes, you can sponsor a girl and, uh, you know, and follow through uh, their life journey as well with them. We, we have actually a very interesting, uh, talking about child sponsorship, uh, we, mm-hmm. we have a very interesting kind of twist, like, if you might, if you may, uh, on child sponsorship. Right. Uh, I don't know if you ever sponsored a child when you are with us. I'm still sponsoring a child. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So you yep. remember you chose a photograph and then you yes. sponsored the child, right? Yep. Mm. Okay, now we have a program called Chosen, which is the other way around. So if and I want to sponsor a child... They chose me. I give my photograph and the power goes to the child's head. Wow. The power is with the child to choose. Nice. That's it. I mean, nothing changes. The program is the same. It's still child sponsorship. Mm-hmm. The money goes to the community. But we've turned the power around. Uh, and it's, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I was so excited. Because one of the things, Winston, I find mm-hmm. with us who, who donate, or with donors, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. we give. But when we give, we expect a lot as well, you know, like, because we give, and, and, and yeah. rightly so, right? Mm. So we give, and and we think that um, that gives us the power to say what we want, what we have, what we feel like saying, or you know, what we think right. is we should be should say. Mm. So it's always the power is in the donor's hand. Right. But I think chosen reminds us that the power is really not in our hands, right? Mm. The important person is actually the child. Correct. Know? Yep. And we've got we've had so many stories where children feel so empowered and they feel like. Wow, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the choice is theirs. And mm. That's yeah. just wonderful. <laughs> yeah, especially when you really don't have, um, you, you come from a background that you may not always have a chance to say. You don't make choices. You don't make choices, yes. yeah. And now Absolutely. you're given a choice to, you know, decide who is yes. the one that is going to be backing yes. you. And I think that's very interesting. It t- speaks a lot about, you know, empowerment. And of course, if let's just say you're talking about the day of the 1,000 girls, then again, uh, female empowerment, which of course, uh, this is what this channel stands yeah. up stands for as well. Yeah, think, think about it. You know how when we have old clothes and then we pass mm. to, you know, like charity homes, they have no choice, right? They just take mm. all our old clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and we don't think about it, right? It, sometimes I wonder whether we think about the dignity of the people we give it to. Mm. I feel that chosen really brings the dignity back to the child. You know? Yep, and exactly. I, I, I just I just love it. The first time I I I, I just I just registered because our chosen program is right now. So if you go to our website you can actually choose a, you can actually take part in chosen. But right. I, I, I took part in a previous one and I remember I sent a couple of photographs because I told my colleague, I don't know if uh, the child would choose me. What if they don't want my face? They don't like my face. <laughs> <laughs> so suddenly I know the feeling of what it's like. You know? Yeah. Mm. yeah I, 
I just registered for another one yesterday and I'm oh, looking forward to getting another child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're listening in today, so um, log into World Vision at www.worldvision.com.my and to find out more about the Day of the 1000 Girls, to find out more about the work that they are doing in Tulit and Tata La'an and also their other community projects. And Chosen. Yeah, and, and Chosen. And Chosen. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. Chosen. Yes. So Come it's not all us. just uh, 30-hour famine, yeah? although it's probably the most famous, but it's not the only program. Okay. Yes. So um, talking about programs, World Vision has so many programs involving donors, sponsors, volunteers, schools, you know, large corporations, and even churches, yeah? And so what are the daily challenges of working in an NGO? Because that sounds like quite a handful of uh, stakeholders that you need to um, look out for. <laughs> like all businesses, we have all, you know, the, the, the usual running of business of, you know, challenges like, you know, mm-hmm. operation, la, website not working, la, you know, uh, <laughs> all of that. Uh, and, and of course, because we are, our primary business is fundraising, right? That's mm-hmm. what we, uh, what we are tasked to do. So the money that, so we con- so we collect the money and we've committed the money to different uh, communities around the world in you know mm. in 14 countries so if we don't have collect enough then it impacts the communities mm. that are you know um, that, that we're committed to so I, I think um, so that besides the usual operational uh, you know challenges like in all businesses you know um, right. one of our biggest challenge currently because of the pandemic uh, has been um, seeing uh, lower acquisitions uh, in mm-hmm. terms of yeah, and then higher cancellations because a few of our donors, or quite a few of our donors, have come back to us, especially the last couple of years, saying mm. that it's been tough, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, understandably so. Mm. And then recently, with inflation, you know, uh, you know, yeah, every dollar matters, I guess, yeah. you know, to a mm. lot of families. Yeah. Mm. So that's probably one of our greatest uh, challenge, like you know. Mm. But having said that, I must say that uh, we have very, very loyal um, supporters and donors. Um, a large portion of our uh, money income comes from pledges uh, mm. that come in every month. And many of them stay with us for 20 years, 25 mm. years. And we are very grateful for that. Mm. Um, so so that's one thing. The other thing, of course, um, it's not necessarily on a daily, but just one of the challenges. We are also now navigating a different landscape business landscape so now okay. with social media and digital and you know that world virtual i think the pandemic forced us to have to kind of like really pivot there yep and uh, we're learning so that's a learning process for us mm-hmm. and it's i think we've done you know well we have a very committed team uh, and we'll have to just learn to do a lot more lah, and do a lot better in that space oh yeah so it's keeping up with the times really you know that's again a business Everybody, every business has to do that, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I noticed yeah. uh, a fresher-looking, newer website as well. I noticed that it's yes. easier to navigate. Thank God, whoever that is. Oh, thank you for telling me that. Yeah. We launched in March. We've had some hassles, but uh, no, we, we are confident that it will just get better. But thank you for <laughs> your yeah. affirmation. Everything is a lot more laid out and a lot easier to navigate through yes. now. And I think it's uh, cleaner as well. I think... Um, and. We finally updated the logo as well. <laughs> yes, yeah. and and you notice uh, you can go into a part in in the website if yeah. you are a child sponsor. Mm-hmm. There's a my portal that you can go into, oh, yeah? and you can see your your child. You can send letters, and you can see photos. You know, so 
that's the other good thing that a lot of our donors are saying ah, that okay. they feel a better proximity to the mm. child. Well, I've never tried going in from the website itself, but um, I usually um, use the link on the email to get to uh, ah, um, yes. writing yes. the birthday cards and all. Yeah, yeah, to the yes. child and all. And yeah. thank you so much for sponsoring the child. Uh, no problem. Really no problem. It. It, it's, um, it's my pleasure, really. I think it, it, um, it also helps me. I think it helps me to be more grounded and to know that um, no matter how difficult my life is, there are other people who are less fortunate than yes. us. Yes. And I Isn't think, it? yeah, yes. yeah. And I think, come on, it, it's like, you know, for 65 uh, ringgit every month, I think it's a small sacrifice. Lah. Yeah, I, I think definitely. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you see that face on the fridge, right? You think so many of our problems are so first world, right? Yeah. When, when that child in the fridge, you know, yep. needs so much more. <laughs> Superficial compared compared to the other, yeah. Yes. Very much. Yes. Yeah. True. True. Okay. Where's your child from, uh, Winston? Uh, Stong yeah. Tu. Yeah, Stong Tu. Oh, Stong Tu is Cambodia. Cambodia, yes. Cambodia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I've got, I've got four. My husband's mm. got four from uh, Mongolia. I've got two from Myanmar, ah, and I'm okay. hoping to get one more now from Philippines. Yeah. Wow, your badge of honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I always pick girls because uh, I don't. I have two sons. I don't have daughters. So <laughs> I <pick girls>. mm, <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I I took a girl as well, and uh, um, and well, I don't want to say her name on the air, lah, because I don't want to massacre yeah, her name sure. until maybe when I go to Stongtu eventually and I meet her, then maybe yeah. I might be able to find out her the real pronunciation for the name. So uh, yes, don't want to massacre any names at this moment. <laughs> yep. Sure. Yep. Mm. So yeah, are your convictions to join World Vision back then? Um, are the convictions still rings true to you today? You know, that was quite a loaded question, you know. Um, I feel like I would not do justice to that question if I say I was convicted when I joined World Vision. I told you it was fairly kind of accidental, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I, 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 I think I, I would be embarrassed to even say that I was convicted at that point, okay? But I do know that my journey with World Vision has changed. In fact, just today I was asked a question because I've been mm. with the organization now 12, 13 years in Malaysia. Right. What has changed for me? Um, and they use a book called Metanoia, I think like personal change. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, one thing that has changed is um, you understand need better, you, you know, um, because you, because uh, I have a lot more proximity to need people with needs, mm -hmm. right? So, otherwise, I think my earlier understanding has always been very superficial. You know that somebody needs something, and yeah. But now I think I understand that that concept a lot more, and hopefully that softened my heart uh, right. as well. I think I also uh, understand money differently. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, money is always something we earn for ourselves, for our family. Right. Um, very inward in that sense. Mm -hmm. I think I'm learning. I've learned over the the many years that um, money is something you do some for someone. You know, money is something mm -hmm. that can bring value to someone, and that's right. the way. That's the best mm -hmm. way. That's the only way you should mm -hmm. treat money. Yeah. And I think I've also learned to measure success differently. Uh, you know, having worked with World Vision, so I I'm not sure it's a conviction. I, I can't answer that question because I don't think it was a conviction. But because I've learned these lessons, I've grown to love what the organization represents. Mm. And I think 
that's what keeps me in the organization that keeps right. me saying yes whenever you know I'm asked okay mm-hmm. you help with this you, you know because you fall in love with an organization and what represents and we're by no means perfect you know yep. but you know when when the core value and the culture and the ethos of an organization kind of resonates you know mm-hmm. deep inside yeah then it makes you it makes me like kind of want to stay uh, stay on you know when if I can and where I can, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't consider myself doing a great deal. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I think we all just do our very best and, um, but that's enough for me to, to stay with the organization, you know, because it represents right. things that I believe in. Yeah. And it's, it's changed me as well. Mm. So the conviction uh, developed from there, not, not so much. Uh, you had a conviction to yeah. start with. Yeah. So it grew. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm not even sure I, I would use the word conviction. I think now it's like a responsibility for me, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like, because uh, once you get to know an organization, you do something not as, it, does, it doesn't have to be a conviction. It's more mm-hmm. a responsibility. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I know I've got this particular ability to, to make this change. I will do it, you know, because right. it's an organization. So in that sense, yeah. Because I feel like conviction is too big a word to to describe what I feel. Ah, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> too right. noble. Too noble for. <laughs> too noble. <laughs> okay. Right. So Terry, tell us more about the One Goals Malaysia's Eat Right to Play Right program, because I think this one involves sports and nutrition, and it seems yes. to be something that resonates more to our immediate urban and suburban communities. So maybe you want to yes. get some light on that? Okay, so One Goal Malaysia, One Goal is actually a campaign that uh, I think started maybe like 2016 mm-hmm. uh, where um, where we wanted to teach children nutrition. Actually, I think the question started because several people, uh, representatives of World Vision and AFCN, FAM at that time, why why are we producing like, you know, like world-class footballers, right? And uh, that conversation started. And one of the things that came was, that came out was the fact that maybe we're just not eating the right food, right? Because mm. you <laughs> see the, the Germans being big, the, you know, the Dutch being big, and then, you mm-hmm. know, we were small. Even the Japanese are now, you know, bulky yeah. and the Chinese as mm. well, right? So, so that's kind of how the whole idea came, kind of like, that's the birth of it. Mm. And, and, then, and then we decided, you know, you know, we should advocate for nutrition and, and, and use football as a platform because everybody in Malaysia loves football. Mm. And in 2015, so that kind of started 2015. And then in 20, late 2015, uh, Zizurik Foundation, um, through their uh, insurance arm here, mm-hmm. uh, reached out to us and they wanted to, they wanted to give us a grant for a program. And that's how then our program, our campaign, Eat Right to Play, our program, Eat Right to Play Right, started uh, mm. with them. So they, they sponsored, they gave us a grant for six years. Um, and we basically took this concept of teaching nutrition through football mm. uh, to nine states in Malaysia. Uh, we coach about 400 uh, coaches. So mm. the, the, the philosophy is the same. We, we find coaches from the community and then we empower them, we coach and empower them, and then they run weekly training with their children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do football training as well as nutrition training. So we have a football kind of a manual and then a nutrition manual. So mm-hmm. if you do a drill, for instance, uh, you do a drill uh, up and down, uh, that drill might teach you about drinking water. Right. Or, or, or you do an exercise and that exercise might lead to a lesson on 
carbohydrates, you know, why mm-hmm. you should take carbs, right? right. Yeah, or yeah, no sugar, and yeah, so whatever lah. So that's kind of like how uh, we, we we did it lah. So that's already uh, six years. We've just mm-hmm. ended the program, um, and we're moving on to the next phase of our pro- of this uh, program. So we're no Zurich is uh, we're no longer uh, that pro- that part of our program is finished. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've finished the grant, uh, but. Uh, we will continue, World Vision will continue um, the Erect to Erect campaign, uh, this time with um, PPR, you know, uh, the low-cost flats. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're doing it with badminton instead. Nice. Uh, wow. Yeah, so okay. still teaching nutrition, uh, but this time we're using uh, badminton as the as kind of the core sport. Mm-hmm. The re- one of the reasons we thought badminton was because during COVID, we couldn't, we couldn't find fields and we couldn't, you know, so we thought we should do something that is closer to where the kids are. Yep. And every PPR has some kind of badminton, you know, mm-hmm. pod or something, right? Yep. So something they could do if ever, you know, like another COVID happens. Um, and also because Malaysians love badminton too. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other thing that's different from this is that uh, we're going to talk about community gardens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to involve and engage the community Um uh, to uh, uh, to do gardens and to do cookouts and you know, together. With oh the wow! Children. Nice. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, you went. You know, it's the parents that feed the children, right? So, <laughs> yep. so you need to not just influence the children. You also need to influence the parents, Yeah. So, with our learnings from e right to play right football, um, we are very poised to uh, and very excited about this next phase. Yep. Um, that we're going to be doing. Yeah. So we're going to be launching, I think, in August. Uh, if I'm nice. mistaken. Yeah. Uh, this program. Mm. But great choice of sports, you know, football, badminton. I think yes, these are very popular. Yes, I know, sports. right? Yeah, yep. yeah that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everybody can play some form of football or badminton. Yeah. So your partner and also is inex- so inexpensive, your partner- you know. Yeah, yeah, especially badminton, and yeah. I think you know anybody with a record, I think can just you know, like how when we grew up, we just play over the gate and all that sort of things, and I think. Uh, a lot of these PPR would have these outdoor badminton courts that they can just yes. you know go around. Parents yes. hang out there and and you know take the kids to to the park and they just play badminton across the fence or whatever it is. And I think yes. it's, it's yes. excellent stuff. Yeah, nice. Yes, that's right. So PPR is your partner, is it? You're partnering with the individual respective PPR. Uh, yeah, yeah. That means we go to them if they are open mm-hmm. for us to start a program. There, we then we work with them. I mean that's. It's a bit painful because like you have to engage with every PPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, for now, it's it's like that. But like with E-Rights Play Right Football, we also found the initial a little bit painful because you have to engage, right? But mm-hmm. the minute you get traction, uh, like with E-Rights Play Right Football, with the football, right. once we got traction, um, yeah, you know, before COVID, we had a lot of opportunities. Uh, even uh, um, district school district offices, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, invited us to go in and we were running programs through schools uh, oh, in, okay. uh, in 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 uh, what you call it? not Miri what is that in, in Sarawak mm-hmm. uh, in Surian I think we were doing programs uh, through schools there as well it, initially it was quite tough to do it through school I went to the Ministry of Education and while they liked the idea they just couldn't see how it could be implemented you know right. and how they could make kind of like make the teachers want to do what, what we were doing but once we grew and they knew about us. Um, we found, you know, that we had the momentum. So we are confident even with badminton, you, this start is always a slower start. And mm-hmm. then we hope that other PPRs uh, will take on. 
we'll, we'll see you know uh, the benefit of this and then you know, and then we, we, we want to work with them but we're, we're open to schools as well as to other communities not just necessarily PBRs that's just where we're starting in terms of urban because right. mm. I don't know if you know that but I think a couple of years ago I think UNICEF might have been UNICEF they did a survey mm-hmm. and uh, many many of our urban communities including PBRs were uh, malnourished you know mm. they, they, under, they had malnutrition so uh, looking at the needs, we felt like that was a good place for us to start. Right. Okay. So it's working with the residents association there, like the Yes. 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 Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Nothing you know uh, beats working with the community for the community. Yeah, I think that's always a good start. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. All right. Um, I think this is probably one of our last questions, but um. I cannot uh, ignore the elephant in the room now that the logo is right in front of me. World Vision <laughs> Malaysia <laughs> is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. So can you tell us about the organization's celebration plans and if there are anything new with the organization yes. in a pipeline? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, 25 years, unbelievable. Mm. Uh, and uh, we are so grateful, so grateful, so grateful to God for, you know, carrying mm. us through this, this 25 years. Mm. So grateful to our donors uh, who have come alongside us and believed in us and entrusted us with money, you know, to, mm-hmm. for, for the children. Uh, we are extremely grateful. It's grateful for partners. When we started 25 years ago, Sinchu, I don't know if you know, Sinchu Jipo was one of our first mm. partners. Mm-mm-mm. We started 30 hour famine with them. Yep. And, uh, and they supported us for the initial years. And it's mm-hmm. been just, and they continue to work, I mean, support us in other ways. But, mm. you know, they're always present during our 30-hour right. famine. Mm. So we are very grateful for these last 25 years. So we are having a big celebration in September. There will be a celebration uh, in conjunction with 30-hour famine. Um, and our theme is Every You Count. You can see that, right? Mm. Every You Count because we acknowledge that everything, whether it's donor, volunteer, staff, partners, any person whose their lives have intersected with us mm-hmm. um, there has been an imprint you know a significant yep. imprint um, and has contributed to, mm-hmm. to what we're doing um, so um, so we, one of our pro, one of our campaigns is a, a pixel campaign mm-hmm. uh, every you count pixel campaign so just for 10 ringgit if you donate 10 ringgit and you upload a picture it doesn't have to be even your picture can be your, your dog la, your favorite <laughs> I don't know coffee la, anything la, you know right. and what we want to do is to collect all of this and then you know uh, have a pixel board show up mm. of hopefully nice. thousands and thousands of these pictures yep. to kind of really bring home the point of every you count, you know, every mm. little bit counts, yeah. Ten ringgit only, and every every little you count. So, so you can actually go into our website and and look for that one. Every you know, and just donate. And and if if you're kind of like got groups of friends, you know, do do it together. It can be mm. kind of fun. Yep. Um, we have chosen as I mentioned, so that's currently you know um uh, in progress. We've just launched it, mm-hmm. so we really encourage people to come and join us for that one and just feel the thrill of um being part of somebody's life. You know, know right. that you're chosen mm-hmm. <laughs> by a child, yeah. and then to be part of his life. You know, now that's quite a privilege. Oh, yeah. And then of course, thirty uh, hours we're coming up. The last two years we've so the original. Have you been to any of our thirty family thirty hour family events? 
have I? <laughs> I volunteered and I uh, did the social media. I think for one year, I did the yes, social media. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. So, you know, you've experienced that 13,000 in the in the stadium. That's how we've always done 30-hour family. 30-hour family yeah. is uh, young people, mm-hmm. many of them very young, contributing a minimum, I think, of 30 ringgit and they get right. to be part of this 30-hour family movement. Mm-hmm. Or uh, we have what we call camp leaders, DIY right. camp leaders, mm-hmm. uh, leaders who can congregate a bunch of young people, and then you know, and then we go walk through a training on, um, on advocacy, you know, about poverty right. and yeah. Mm-hmm. So so we have that as well. So and then on the final day, everybody uh, fast for the last thirty hours, mm-hmm. and then we sell companies in a huge celebration in the stadium. Malawati here, like 13, 14,000 people, mm-hmm. like a rock concert, like, you know. Oh, yes, it pretty much is actually, yeah. Yes, yes, years, it is. Rachel Liang on yeah. and the, the jam, the jam one. Jam one, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Crazy. I know, oh, my goodness. Right? Yeah, the, yeah, the jam one, especially, was such a, like, walks. Because she was such a star, right? You know? She's the fan club and all that as well. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so we've, we've done that for the last many years and then COVID came and then like oh suddenly cannot do mm-hmm. so we we converted to virtual but different no doesn't have yeah. the effect that yeah. you know we had online so this year we're going back to together so nice. we've just identified a place here in KL uh, in town the city will make the announcement soon and there'll be a major celebration uh, as well and uh, I think it'll be great so you know um, if, if you've got like if you're a bunch of young people you know mm-hmm. you can come and join us if not you can just give and yeah, and just be part of that celebration. This year, our ambassador is a, a Chinese, a Cantonese film star called Pak Ho Chow. Yeah, Pak Ho Chow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I have no idea. I hear he's really big. His dramas are very good, but I don't watch Cantonese oh, dramas. So I don't know. I and he's very handsome. La, that I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's very good looking. <laughs> yeah. So you're trying to tell me that um, the 30 hour famine is basically the. The where the twenty fifth anniversary is going to basically yes, climax there, correct. right? Correct. Nice. It's going to be that celebration. Yes. Excellent. Uh, so it's going to be yeah, it's going to be big. I think. All right, guys. So you are listening to this. Sign up for the thirty hour famine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wow. Yeah, and um, just like you mentioned that uh, Sinju actually was the supporter of World Vision when you guys started out and all, all right? And that's the reason why, you know, 30 Hour Family generally have a more uh, Chinese-speaking uh, base and yes. all, right? I think, yeah, yes, I think that was a story yes. that I heard previously. Yes, yes. Mm. But interestingly, even though it's more Chinese, in fact, mostly Chinese-speaking, right? So mm. like a lot of the stars are like singing Chinese. Mm. But we also have people uh, from different uh, races, you know, like uh, the mm. Malay friends and Indian friends who are part of it fascinates yeah, me yeah. too this is so Malaysian like, we, yeah. I think we're just so Malaysian we, exactly you know, yeah. I mean apart from all the politics that we hear and mm. read and you know but actually I think down on the ground many of us are still very integrated and we're still friends yeah yeah definitely yeah. we will we will dab in each other's culture we will eat each other's food and uh, of course hang excellent, out with right? each other's celebrity and, and aware of what's going on and all and I think that's excellent yes. yeah Mm. Yes, yes. Okay, Terry, before we conclude, is there one thing you want to tell our listeners today? It can be a promotional <laughs> message, no problem. It's a busy year for well, you. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. But yeah. I guess um, maybe just from my experience, uh, you know, I've learned uh, mm. over these years with World Vision that 
And this is not about work, and I'm not asking people to give to World Vision right now, right? This is just saying a lesson that I've learned is that giving is a very intentional act. Like it's not a it's not natural, right? Because I think we're just human beings are generally selfish, right? We, we work hard, we manifest, we fight for ourselves. And um, I just want to encourage listeners to be intentional about giving because we live in a shared world, right? We share this world with so many different types of people. Mm. Um, a little bit of contribution on our, our side, you know, makes a difference. It doesn't have to be with World Vision anywhere, but it can make a difference in somebody else's life, you know? Mm. And I just want to encourage people to be intentional in that, uh, mm. you know, because even if it's not the most natural. And if you've got kids, be intentional in starting your children young, you know? To give as well, because mm. I think if we all kind of develop that, um, we can we can all make a bigger difference. I just signed up for chosen. This time I didn't put my husband's, my <laughs> husband and my picture. I put yep. me and my goddaughter, nine year old goddaughter, mm. and she doesn't know it yet. But um, I want to tell her that she can make a difference, even, mm. even at nine years old. You know, I want to I want to engage her with this other child who hopefully picks us. And tell her that, you know, even at a very young age, she can start giving mm. and she can make a difference. So I, I guess, you know, World Vision's uh, logo is uh, is this. It's uh, our vision for every child, life in all its fullness. Mm. But our prayer for every heart is the will to make it so. Mm -hmm. So we pray for our listeners that they will have the will uh, to make a difference in a child's life. And um, I guess that's what I wanted to say. Wow, so, so powerful. Much, Winston. Yeah, Very. wow. <laughs> um, there's really nothing else to say. I think we have to conclude it here already. I mean, that last um, sentence you say basically sums, you know, everything that, you know, probably what World Vision stands for. In fact, not probably, definitely what World Vision stands for, right? Thank you so much for your time, Terry. Thank you for uh, going through this with me. Yeah. Yeah, and thank you so much for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Conversations.